Yeah, and uh, we're hoping that uh, you will join in the conversation. It's Tuesday. We're talking uh, water hardships today in a municipal watch segment because the country has been facing a lot of water shortages. In fact, here in Gauteng, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. Uh, but that was a maintenance issue that affected people over, I think, a three, four-day period. Uh, and uh, there were some people actually that didn't have water for over that four day period, even after the maintenance had ended, it took a while for the water to come back. But, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, some parts of our country where people have no access to clean water uh, or any kind of sanitations. Uh, sanitation. In some municipalities, people blame uh, service delivery and they say that is poor. Uh, you know, some uh, you know municipalities say the residents themselves waste water. So we want to use this time today to try and understand where the problem of uh, the water crisis in our country lies and uh, we hope you can join us if you're facing any kind of water issue uh, wherever you live uh, or you know uh, you know where whatever water issue that you know about you can call on 011-714-2006 or SMS on 41391, uh, that SMS costing you around 50, or WhatsApp on 061-410-4107. Water is uh, what we're talking about. Prof. Mike Muller will join us a little later, um, and uh, right now we'll start the discussion with uh, Gundo Maswime, who's a lecturer uh, at the University of Cape Town Civil Engineering Department. Gundo, good morning. Thank you for your time. So when we start with the issue of the water crisis in South South Africa. What should we even look at first? Yes, uh, thank you, KG. Then uh, the best way to start is to look at the handover process. Um, <clears throat> and by that, I mean the configuration of municipalities that we have now uh, started around about 1997, 1998. And there was a handover process because the people who were responsible for infrastructure before 1994, most of them seem to have left uh, their positions, and there was no proper handover. And you remember that in many towns, you find that there was one old man or two old men that knew where everything is. And the handover process means you are now moving into a space where you don't know what is where, uh, underground, where are the valves, where is this, and so on. So for that reason, the asset registers uh, are not are incomplete, and many towns do not even have uh, plans. They don't uh, have a network plan to show where the infrastructure is, ra- is running. Some don't even have the township plans uh, themselves, establishment, which is what Spluma, uh, the Special Planning and Land Use Management Act, was meant to address, uh, and it was promulgated about six, six, seven years back. Yeah. So that is where we have to start looking at that. We have got infrastructure underground, which we are not sure where, where, it, where it's sitting. So the issue of the scarcity, uh, because, of course, we constantly told uh, Gundo about, uh, you know, being a water-scarce country and uh, the management of our water resources as, as, as well as issues of related supply and treatment infrastructure being of critical priority. 
at what point then do we put in the issue of the scarcity on top of what you're referring to as an infrastructural problem? Yes, we we are a water scarce country, yes. And I think uh, the, everyone will remember the time where Cape Town was uh, 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 sitting on the edge. Yes. On a knife, on a knife edge. Yes, waiting for uh, a day zero. Waiting for day zero, mm. and which uh, which didn't really happen. But I think we have got more of a problem of our infrastructure than we have a, a problem of the actual shortage mm. uh, of water. Uh, and by that, I mean the South African infrastructure across the board, not just water, everything from roads uh, is uh, under-maintained, is poorly located, and, and by that I mean the aspirations, the developmental aspirations of the country are always having to factor in the fact that where development must go is not where the infrastructure is. Mm. Mm. So it's very poorly uh, located, and uh, in the National Development Plan, they explain it uh, in, uh, in detail uh, what that challenge is. So uh, the issue of scarcity is there, but it's it's we have not reached. Uh, we are not. It's not on the critical path yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I want to go to a break quickly, Gundwe, but I want you to think of something uh, uh, as I, I go to break uh, about the very issue of uh, infrastructure and how we deal with resolving the issue of in- infrastructure. Does it matter where you are in terms of infrastructure? Does it matter whether you're in an urban space or a rural space? Or does it matter even in an urban space, whether you're in a township environment or you're in sub-area? Sub, sub or is the issue of town planning generally very poor to an extent where generically the issue of infrastructure is a problem around the country. This is Gundo Maswime who we're talking to. He is a lecturer at the University of Cape Town Civil Engineering Department and we're trying to get to the bottom of the problem of issues of access to water in South Africa in a municipal watch and uh, I want to hear your water stories. Please call on 011-714-2006 so that you can ask our experts a question. I didn't know, for example, that the problem is infrastructure. I was constantly told as a South African like you that uh, the issue is the scarcity uh, and the availability of the water. It turns out, uh, you know, it's there's something we haven't had a discussion about, which is the issue of infrastructure. You're listening to The Talking Point on SAFM. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. 22 past 11 on uh, the talking point on uh, SAFM. It's Municipal Watch Tuesday. Uh, we're talking the hardships uh, of uh, issues of water access in our country. Uh, we've been facing a lot of water shortages. Authorities blame all sorts of things. Uh, the only people that they don't blame is themselves. In some municipalities, in fact, uh, some say it's a question of poor service delivery. We, su- we see some people, uh, you know, going to rivers uh, that 
that, uh, you know, uh, the same rivers that are used uh, by, for example, cows uh, to drink water in and uh, people use the same river to get their water. And some uh, municipalities tend to blame the very residents, uh, saying uh, they're the ones that are wasting water. And we're using this time today to try and understand where the problem of water is and how, uh, uh, you know, of the water crisis, sorry, uh, is and how we can resolve it. Our guests are Gundwe Maswime, who's lecturer in the University of Cape Town Civil Engineering Department. Uh, also later, we're going to be joined by Prof. Mike Muller, who is a visiting prof at the Vert School of Governance. I had asked you, Gundwe, uh, before we went to a commercial break about uh, the, trying to deal with this issue of infrastructure and whether or not it matters where it is that you are uh, or it's a generic infrastructural problem irrespective of where you are. Uh, yes, uh, KG, where you are really does uh, matter a lot. Uh, as I said earlier, because infrastructure is poorly uh, located, you, you might just find yourself where there's no infrastructure, just to start with. Mm. But let's let's yeah, let's look at it uh, from a historical uh, perspective first. Um, water has had only three pieces of legislation written since 1910. Sure. Uh, for for I mean all areas of persuasion that you can think about, there has been legislation after legislation, but water has only had three, and each piece of legislation followed a new government. After 1910, there was a 1914th Water and Irrigation Act, because that time the agricultural, uh, the farming community had all the powers. Mm. So if you look at them that were built between 1910 and 1948, when government changed hands again, they were mostly irrigation schemes. They were built for agricultural purposes. Then in 1948, a new government comes in, there was a new player in the house, which is the mining houses and industry. Then we started now building uh, dams and water infrastructure for the uh, industries and the mining towns from the Bell Park and so on. Uh, then only now, in 1998, we had the National Water Act, where people were put at the center of all the activities that uh, pertain to uh, water infrastructure. So we we only now only now we build for uh, for people. Now, if you go to some of the old towns, the real issue is funding. In my opinion, uh, in in out day where I live, mm. we didn't have water for five days, just uh, two three weeks back. Wow! And the the reason was that a valve um, had. Um, uh, malfunctioned and the valve was encased in concrete. So to get through that concrete and fix that valve took about uh, four uh, four days or so. Mm. So uh, this is how it is uh, now. But if you are somewhere in the Eastern Cape, uh, in Gumbu, for example, the question is if, uh, an area that did not have a town planning scheme so it's not a recognized town. Only now with Pluma uh, have we covered every single square area in the country. So for that reason, there was no plan for infrastructure. Where is it going to go? 
uh, and some people live very high up uh, in mountainous areas. Mm. We can't build a pump station for four or five households for 30, 40 million rands. Uh, so it would be considered to be um, wasteful. So they have been trying to encourage people to move into communal uh, areas. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. But then, uh, coupled with that lack of infrastructure, is the issue of maintenance, which, which hits the Terry urban municipalities more because most of it was maintained until 1978 uh, when the government had to shift most of its funds to policing and defense. So the infrastructure uh, maintenance expenditure went so drastically down that many areas were not touched. So when you have a maintenance issue today, you will probably be looking at something that was not maintained since 1978. Yeah. How often should infrastructure be maintained, uh, uh, Gundwe? And, and if it's, it's, it's as often as it sounds like to me, uh, why uh, do you find that government is not prioritizing uh, that maintenance? The, the maintenance of infrastructure should be like a car which has to be serviced every now and then. Mm. Uh, and if you really take care of it, uh, you will call it a classic uh, but if you don't and you only run in when there is trouble, you are you are going to have a jam of you. So and the maintenance can be planned. The more you do it as a, a proactive maintenance, the cheaper it becomes, uh, and the easier the yeah, because the easier the infrastructure will uh, will be working. But if you leave it and it goes over the routine maintenance line uh, line into reactive maintenance. It's very costly and it's very uh, disruptive. Um, but we'll excuse what happened uh, in Johannesburg because it was quite progressive that groundwater uh, was actually putting a parallel line so that maintenance can be easily can move between two lines mm, mm. Uh, <clears throat> like that. So that was uh, that is what we should uh, actually be, uh, be doing. Uh, but municipalities only get eight percent of of our taxes as equitable only nine percent uh, sorry forty five percent goes to national government forty four percent goes to province mm. so the expectation was that municipalities would be able to raise their own funds from uh, municipal rates and taxes and so on mm-hmm. but what we are seeing is that it is not happening but the formula is not changing it's still staying the same and now that's why people are saying what exactly is province doing that they should get uh, such a lion's share? Because their duty is mostly to get money from the national fiscal and distribution municipality. Mm-hmm. And they get 35% to do that. And only about 10%, some estimates say 6%, really end up uh, in municipal coffers coming from uh, provinces. Yeah. So I think many municipalities, um, I'll make an example with, and um, municipality. Yeah. Enfluent municipality is infrastructure, water and sanitation infrastructure that supports Midvale and city of Johannesburg, uh, portions uh, thereof, uh, because of sure. the nature of the catchment. But people from Enfluent are supposed to be paying for all of that. So wow. we're not going to get on top of it. Uh, National Department of Water Affairs came up with the regional sanitation scheme to try and help. Uh, with the situation, but it doesn't seem to be taking off uh, well.
Yeah. Let me pause you. Let me let me let me pause you a bit, uh, Kundo, because I have to go to news headlines. Uh, we'll continue okay. our conversation. Miles Budu in Nigel, I see you. Sandile in Peter Maritzburg, I see you. Bafika in Mtata, I see you. And uh, we'll have you ask our experts, uh, you know, your questions around water in not too long a time. And uh, Prof. Mike Muller will also join the conversation after the news headlines. It's 11:30 now. Otasha is standing by with the news headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Welcome back. It's uh, almost 11.32 now. We're talking uh, the, you know, uh, the challenges of water in our country in our municipal watch uh, segment uh, because uh, we face as a country a lot of water shortages and authorities blame uh, all kinds of things. Uh, the, you know, what they don't blame is themselves. And we're trying to get to the bottom of why in some municipalities, uh, some would say there's poor service delivery that leads to uh, a point where they have no access to clean water and sanitation and uh, some municipalities also blame us as residents for wasting uh, water so we're trying to use this time to try and understand where the problem of the water crisis uh, lies and we've been talking to Gundo Maswime who's a lecturer at the University of Cape Town Civil Engineering Department and uh, we're also going to be joined uh, by Prof Mike Muller who's a visiting uh, professor at the Wirt School of Governance but I know a lot of people have been waiting on the line uh, to try and get through so maybe we uh, get to them as well. I know the prof has also joined the conversation. So maybe let's go to the questions already from yourselves. Miles Budu in Nigel, let's start with you. Hello, Miles. Good morning, KG. Mm, good morning. Look, man, the prof, you know, the prof is trying very hard to professionalize and intellectualize this water crisis faced in our country. You remember during the heydays of apartheid, now some of those who don't listen what is said would say, no, Miles Budu is very sympathetic for the, from, of the apartheid regime. There was an infrastructure that was put in place by this previous apartheid regime through the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the personal sacrifice of our forebears. That infrastructure has been dilapidated. It has been run into the ground. I mean, you have a situation where rainfall and water get locked in drains for days on end and then those that water get uh, evacuated and during the heydays of apartheid when it rains the the, 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 the the water goes to a certain place where it has been accumulated and then you mean the, the drainage systems I mean you you've got you've got <clears throat> ministers MECs, MMCs and councillors that cannot even keep drains clean and they want to run a country as big as this this country is of ours. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, it, it is a political world that lags here. And the prof cannot tell me he does not know that a few years ago, whilst Nomvula uh, Nongkwenyana was a minister of water affairs and sanitation, pra, 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 that she was given billions to train the youth and create jobs at the same time to go and check lacking uh, taps drains and, and, and pipes and to stop the leakages of water. He, he won't tell me that he doesn't know about it and he doesn't talk about it. And it is people like the prof and them who pussyfooty around these things instead of putting the thing as it is okay. so that the politicians get a wake-up call that we are sick and tired of them stealing state money 
instead of using the money to help us make sure that this country doesn't become a hot and dry country. Let me try and understand you uh, so that uh, we expedite time. So you're saying the infrastructure was properly maintained according to you during the apartheid era. Uh, That that is the point that you're putting on the table. And and you're saying that, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, the, you you know, the infrastructure as as the prof is saying, it's the fact that the politicians are not maintaining that infrastructure, yes? It is as simple as that. You know, what, what does it take? You don't need a PhD in anthropomorphism <laughs> or biology to keep a, a drain clean. You understand? You, 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 them, if they can just stop stealing taxpayers' monies and let those monies go into the revamping of the infrastructure, the giving people proper jobs to make sure that the, this infrastructure is well placed and water doesn't go for waste because we will need this water okay. in many, many years to come. Okay, point made. Thank you, Miles. Let's go to Sandile. I hope our guests are noting their responses uh, to the comments that are coming through from our callers. Peter Meritzberg, Sandile, hello. Hi, hi, Katie. How are you? I'm well, KG, it is. I'm well, Sandile. What is on your mind about water? Um, I think uh, I want to share the same sentiment as as as, uh, as Maz yes. said because in Mary, in Marisberg, particularly in newly newly incorporated area like Bulindela area, mm-hmm. it, the the water scheme it was managed by Mgeni Water, but since 2011, then the scheme was transferred to Msunduza municipality. Since the municipality took over, we don't have running water anymore, but the bill keep on flowing to us to pay more than my, my bill is, is more than 10,000 rand as I speak now but I don't have any water I do have two jojos here they are empty and my, my toilet is no more flushable my fridge I can't get any water now I have to if you come to my yard you can see a number of uh, bag or containers as we call them because every time I go out I have to carry about four or six containers to come back with fresh water so wh- where do you surprised. get your water, Sandile? Where do you get your water currently? Where... I, I just go to Eatingdale and then and then ask my family to give me some water because my my home is just close by at, wow. uh, at Eatingdale, so okay. I just have to drive down. But now what is happening here since Msunduza took over, as we have a, a COVID uh, nineteen on the twenty 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 twenty, Msunduza resorted to really provide uh, a water gun, which is a water tanker. And you can't prove that those waters are 100% drinkable or, or, or clean. And then some people have experienced some diseases, skin rashes, and, and, and so forth. And then those, those waters, they are not really, for me, whether it can be used. 100% domestic. What does your and municipality I, say, though, uh, to you? Uh, you know, what information do they give you at all about why you have no access to clean water? Well, well, what what they've said, um, the municipality is actually encountering a, a, a loss in terms of revenue. Okay. But since they have introduced this water county, they're saying they're actually making profit. And I don't understand how they're making profit because most of us, we have... Um, um, the meter, but you don't have meter readers. Since municipal took over, they didn't. They actually stopped the technical people who have to be transferred from Umgeni to municipality. There's no one at the moment, as I speak now, no more uh, meter readers. But they're saying they tell they're telling us that no, Bulindela area is a flat rate. No okay. matter 
how old how 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 many families do you have and how do you use your water but suddenly then the water just slowly uh, then vanished so we don't have any water anymore wow. you know, I'm to, uh, like like henley 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 resident they don't have water this is a what um four because me i'm belong to what five so the reservoir number 15 of which is supposed to supply us what i have what we have established there's a lack of uh, interest within staff of municipality okay there's a lack of there's a lot of there's a lack of political will to really provide a sufficient service to people okay and i'm 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 also saying to them we should be making more money because people are, are willing to pay as we're paying to Mgeni. Okay. But now since municipalities took over, we can't continue to pay for the water, whereas we know exactly that I am living, we are only two here, but I can't pay the same rate with a family of 10. It's okay. impossible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. You know, uh, very uh, pronounced uh, and big issues. Maybe we go to our guests. Uh, Prof, uh, let's welcome Prof Mike Muller, who is a visiting prof at the Verd School of Governance. I, uh, you get in as we take calls, Prof. I don't know if you can make anything out of uh, what our, our two callers just said. And largely they're saying there's no political will to give people uh, water. Yeah. Good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. Yes, thanks. I was able to catch the very end of the segment before the news about the infrastructure maintenance and then the callers, the Miles Budu and uh, 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 Sandile yes. from Sunduzi. And, you know, uh, th- th- none of this is particularly new, and none of these problems are actually necessary. And one of the frustrations for uh, somebody like myself, you know, I've come out of the water sector. I was in government for a long time. In fact, the Vulundlela scheme, which was built by Mgeni, I remember when we had to twist Mgeni's arm because still during the apartheid times, it wasn't clear that the water board should provide them with water. We twisted their arm and they built the scheme. It was working well. And then in 2011, what happened? I do think we need to correct a couple of things. Though. Let me start from the beginning. First, we can't just keep saying there used to be infrastructure and it was enough and now it's moved on. Mm. When we were doing in government the, in 94, the planning for the water in the country, there were 36 million people. About 12 million didn't have proper water. You know how many people there are now? You know, we're now 60 million. So there's 24 million new people as well as the 12 million who didn't have water back in, uh, in 94. There are a lot of people, and that means we can't just use the old infrastructure. We've got to use the new infrastructure. Mm. But then I think it's uh, Sandili who says that, you know, the, the, the problem is that um, they keep charging us, but we don't see any results. Yes. And one of the things that we've found is that municipalities, whether it's Infoleni, whether it's Sunduzi, I was in Bushbuck Ridge recently, they've got similar problems. They collect money. They get money also in addition from governments. It's meant for water. But when you ask and try and find where it is spent, it actually gets spent on other things. Mm. And perhaps that becomes the problem. Firstly, we've got to put new infrastructure, and then once it's there, we've got to look after it. But secondly, we must use the money that we have to look after that infrastructure, yeah. not spend it on other things like community centers and all sorts of other nice ideas, but that money was meant for water. And then I do think we have to recognize we, we have to have good managers in those places. 
And, you know, the job of politicians isn't to decide who gets water or what pipe should be laid. The job of the politicians is to appoint qualified people and give them the money and also give them the power to take the decisions necessary. And if we were to do those things, invest the money properly, maintain the infrastructure properly because we send the money for water to water people and then put professionals in place, quite a few of our problems would be less. I'm not saying they'd go away, but those are the problems uh, that we have. And um, I'm, not, I'm not at all surprised by the kind of issues we, we, we face and exactly what Miles Boudou says. Let's start with those drains. Every year we know that it's going to rain. Every year we know the drains are blocked. Mm. Every year when those drains block, the streets get flooded. It actually destroys the roads as well, mm. and it pollutes our water. Now, it doesn't take a very highly qualified technical person to clean the drains, but somebody in the municipality must say, I'm going to appoint a manager, and if the drain's blocked, I'm going to hold him or her accountable. Yeah. And unfortunately, we seem to have lost that because the politicians think they must decide what gets done, where it gets done, and quite often who it gets done and who must get paid for it. Yeah. So I, I would start with that kind of input, uh, just, just, just to start you off, Katie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we have so many calls. I'm going to try and get through as many as possible because water is clearly uh, a challenge in our country. And I'll, I'll allow you, Gundwe, to respond after this set of calls. Uh, Bafika in Mtata in the Eastern Cape. Bafika, good morning. Welcome to SAFM. Uh, good morning, KG, and to the entire SAFM country. KG, the narrative that uh, South Africa is a water scarce country is a misnomer. What is there, one, is a self-inflicted artificial crisis. Number two, it's inefficiency. Three, corruption. And number four, the lack of a political will. Let me start with the first. The self-inflicted crisis emanates a KG when we come from a background whereby we know that uh, water is being provided by God and that is called the rainwater harvesting system. Unfortunately, the government in its policy uh, guidelines does not have anything to talk about water. Mm. Uh, that is rainwater harvesting purely because People must be made to pay even for what could be provided by nature. Number two, let us get to the question of a lack of a political will. Being in Mtata, I am being serviced sanitation-wise and water-wise by the or Tambo to sit in its valley. KG, it had to take what then in Nyandeni local, local municipality to go to court to demand their basic right of water. They were represented by the legal resources center. The mayor then was the then Namakozana uh, uh, Matt, who is now an MEC for health. Mm. Number two, Gando is mentioning a very interesting uh, area, Kumbu, and coincidentally, that area, KG, uh, Mr. Sputney will tell you, is the center of a court action by a number of traditional leaders under the auspices of Mzimvubu Water Catchment pro uh, Project, mm, mm. who are asking the government to say there is this resource, which if you if 
properly utilized could uh, surpass even the Lesotho Highlands Water Project. And guess what, KG? The government is opposing that in court. It is opposing that in court. Now, when all is said and done, there is no water crisis in South Africa, but there is a lack of political will, and we, it's a process which is being spearheaded by people who know very about what should be happening in this country. KG, let me decision. Okay. Co- this breaks my heart. Colin, you're in Cape Town. Hello, Colin. Colin, did we lose you? Uh, when um, the new government took over. Morning, Colin. Morning. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when the new government took over, yeah. most government departments, I worked for the government department for 45 years. I retired in 2009. But from 2000 onwards, they started retrenching, 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 and retrenching. They got rid of all top guys. Electricians, plumbers, you name them. The, the brain, they got rid of. Now, what the councils or municipalities in those years had their own workers, municipal workers, your, your, your refuge collectors, your drain people, your everything, your electricians, they worked for the municipality. Now, since, since 2002, they did away with all that. They gave people packages. They got rid of their brain. Mm. Uh, uh, they, they drained uh, the companies, uh, the municipalities. What they did was they outsourced. They started to outsource. Now, on, you know, I don't know. These people have come to my road here in five years, about six times, to fill a hole in the road. And after a year or so, it, it collapses again. In my street, it's a residential area. Mm. They don't even know how to fix that hole properly. So they outsource it to companies of their friends and families who don't know anything, and then they start a little company. Now, the, the municipalities, the government must get back to that business of employing their own people in the council. It's the same as ESCOM. they sort of outsourcing, outsourcing this and outsourcing that. And that is where our problem started. They got rid of all those people. And those people could have taught the new intakes. The old, the old man, as a guy said, there was one or two old men that knew the layout. Mm. They could have trained those guys. Yeah. And so gradually get rid of all those <coughs> old pensioners. But they taught people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, Colin. I see you, Anonymous, in, in, in Mafiging, and, and, and perhaps my guests can start applying their minds onto uh, solutions. Uh, we have to uh, be forward-looking. Uh, what can we do, uh, you know, knowing what we know and being where we are and having it be the way that it currently is? Uh, how do we find our way out uh, so that we find a way to redefine it and, uh, you know, uh, have uh, a different outcome in five, ten years' time. In fact, even how long will it take uh, to get out of the infrastructure challenge that we have? We're talking water, and uh, if you want to talk about issues of water in your own municipality or where you live, you can call us on 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006 or 061-410-4107 or SMS 41391 at a rand 50 it's 1151
SAFM 104-107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Mwekezi. It's 11.52. Welcome back. We've been talking water hardships uh, in South Africa in our Municipal Watch uh, segment uh, for this Tuesday. And uh, we have our guest, Professor Mike Muller, who's a visiting prof at the Vert School of Governance, and uh, Gundo Maswime, who's a lecturer at the University of Cape Town Civil Engineering uh, Department. And uh, we come back to the issue of uh, infrastructure management. And uh, you have been sending voice notes as well. Let's hear some of the voice notes notes here in western cape kg it's the old same story the municipal is still providing good service to suburbs but if you see in locations there's a community tabs i'm talking of 3000 plus families they depend on maybe 20 tabs I'm talking about 3,000 families. I don't know why the municipality is still selective. This time last year, it was 78%. The dam, this dam, is 85%. It's full capacity. They can able to provide water each and every household. You can call it Machochomben, what? They can able to do that but it is still carrying that coronial type of uh, service. There is no scarce water here in Western Cape. Good morning, SAFM. Today, it's a topic that touches my heart. There is nothing that makes me so fed up when to see people wasting water. You find them watering or cleaning their paving with hose pipe, with the water streaming down the street, when you tell them or you ask them why they're wasting water, they'll tell you we pay for it. What they don't understand is water is scarce in South Africa, even underground. This is Joe from Wheatbank. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, KG, to you and your listeners, also your guests there. KG, the issue of uh, collection of rainwater it is it has been neglect, neglected over the years kg in my hood in mangaung here uh, the, the municipality had have, have rather opted to close the drainage system than fix it so that it's, it's it's effective and efficient you know so also kg the issue of uh, improper rain collection methods it, it will lead to this problem of lack of water thank you Thank you for your voice notes. We lost Anonymous. I was hoping uh, that uh, we could get we could get you through. I mean, it's a varied uh, uh, level, uh, varied levels of, of of problems. But in the end, uh, you know, uh, issues uh, still come down to access. Gundo. Yes. Uh, yes, KG. Uh, I'm happy with the, uh, all the comments that I read uh, so far from the uh, from Godel Myers and and Sandile. And I deliberately looked at the historical aspects so that it can explain that we are now here, but we also have new problems. So I think moving towards a solution, we have got uh, two issues. The first issue is that there has been a tendency in many municipalities, especially uh, rural municipalities, 
to appoint people who do not have the ability or the, the pedigree to look after uh, infrastructure, where, to, where a person is really randomly uh, appointed. And we visit municipalities and we see this a lot. Uh, uh, and uh, we can mention examples of people without any technical or built environment uh, uh, experience or qualifications, heading infrastructure completely, not even just uh, reporting to uh, at Section 57, reporting directly to the municipal manager. Mm. And the, there's a second problem that has been presented by the democratization of uh, uh, our legislation. This process called integrated development planning, where the mayor moves around based on a timetable. Uh, talks to communities to listen to what they want, and then a list of needs uh, is drafted there. What normally happens is that the engineer in the municipality will have his own plans that are informed by his technical know-how and understanding of the infrastructure. Mm. Then you have another list coming with the mayor, uh, coming from the community. Mm. The challenge with the list coming from the community is it hardly ever has something coming from underground, mm. water, storage. The reason is that they can't see it until the day the pipes run dry mm. or the day storage comes to the surface. If that doesn't happen, you are not going to hear in an IDP meeting uh, people saying upgrade our water infrastructure. So now you have a mayor, which I think is also is a leadership challenge. You have a mayor who is appointed by the community, who has appointed the engineer. He is now having to decide between what the engineer says must be done and what the community says must be done. And community can be very militant when you go back again to report that. And they will say, but we said to do this road and do this community hall and do this. And now you haven't done any of that. Mm, you, are doing, mm. uh, you are doing what we don't Your know, own things. You are doing your own things. Mm. And during that time, the engineer can see there's barely a pipe underground. Uh, it's been washed off by years of storage flowing or uh, water or whatever. It is it's really time mm. uh, for an upgrade. So I have seen that a lot of mayors do not have that tenacity to go to the community and say, you ask for this, we won't give you mm. because the water is about to collapse and so on. I think the community must also as they are complaining, um, uh, like uh, they are doing, and they are very, they are bringing very legitimate issues. Which I knew they were going to to, uh, to come up. That's why I didn't feel I should really be the one facing them. I'll just give the background. Yes. If you are in a municipality and there's a serious water crisis, go and find out who is the senior manager for infrastructure, and and insist on finding out what their qualifications are. Mm. Because if we start to do that. We must remember today we have more engineers in this country than we've ever had at any time in our history. Yeah. Why are they not working in the municipality? Part of it is that they, it's a huge responsibility. I have uh, nine years uh, 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 as, a, as a senior manager in a, a different municipality. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a huge responsibility. You work even through the weekends if there are emergencies and there is no uh, reward, as you say. Uh, it's you are being. It's uh, a thank. It's a thankless job. Yeah, it's a thankless job. Time is not on my side. Time is not on my side, though, Gundo. I want to also give um, uh, the other prof uh, an opportunity to give us, uh, you know, a, a way forward. What is the way forward, Prof. Mike Muller? 
Yeah, thanks. And very quickly, I agree with Prof. Gundo. Uh, this question of uh, setting priorities has confused people. But I know that if you go into a community and say, do you want to have water for the next 365 days of the year and it's going to be clean and it's going to be enough and it's going to be affordable for you, they'll all agree. If you then say, well, the engineer says I must do the A, B, and C, people will agree. Yeah. So I think it is very important to allow the to get good professionals into those places to make sure that the politicians let them talk to the people and help set priorities. And then, quite frankly, they must stop taking money that was budgeted for water and sanitation and using it for other things. The, the politicians must take the responsibility not to do the work, but to appoint people that and are use qualified. money for what it's supposed to be used for. And uh, that would actually solve not all of our problems, but at least a 50% for starters. We'll leave it there, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the time flew away with me. Professor Mike Muller, uh, visiting a professor at the Vert School of Governance, Gundo Maswime, lecturer in the University of Cape Town's Civil Engineering Department.